Hi everyone, I'm JJ Hornblass and welcome to The Roadmap from Auto Finance News. Uh, since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. This is our weekly wrap for uh, the week of June 22 and we'll be exploring what's happening in auto finance. Before uh, beginning, I wanna thank our advertisers, Alpha, Remitter, Westlake, Financial DeFi Solutions and uh, National Bankruptcy Services. So thank you to them for their support. I'm joined by Joey Pizzolatto, an editor at News. Welcome, Joey. And it is Friday, June 26, 2020. Uh, this week, uh, the U.S. economy continued to open up uh, after the coronavirus pandemic, albeit with some regional hiccups, um, most uh, notably down in Texas, but uh, perhaps the most startling uh, business news of the week was the continuing dislocation of stock market prices and uh, the reality around the unemployment rate and, and the overall economy. We also saw some evidence of some surprisingly strong V-shaped recovery in auto sales and used vehicle values. Uh, all evidence of pent-up demand, which uh, brings us to uh, forward demand uh, for auto finance and vehicles. And that brings us to Ford Credit's new financing product, uh, Ford Option, the Ford Option. So uh, Joey, uh, so how is this Ford Option different from other end of term uh, products or, or just opportunities for, for customers? So the Ford option is billed as a hybrid between uh, your uh, traditional retail installment contract and a lease. Um, and what it does for on the consumer side is it lets them decide at the end of contract how they want to continue um, either leasing or financing their vehicle rather than at the beginning. So the way it's structured is it's, it's a retail installment contract on the books. So it will remain on Ford's balance sheet, but terms are from anywhere from 36 to 48 months uh, with a final balloon payment on at the end of the term. Now at the end of the term, consumers have three options. They can return the vehicle as if it were a lease and uh, the balloon payment will be waived. Um, they can trade in the vehicle and any equity that they've built over the course of the three or four years um, they've been making payments on it towards a new, um, presumably Ford vehicle, um, or they can um, keep the vehicle and either refinance that balloon payment or pay it all down. And, and take ownership. And this exactly. is for the Mustang Mach-E. Correct. It Correct. is. Only for the uh, Ford Mustang Mach-E, um, it's noteworthy that um, our traditional retail installment will be available for the Mach-E, but this is just another option to, I think, you know, allow co consumers to, you know, get their, get their feet wet a little bit without having to, um, you know, commit to, to a, a, what is a brand new product from Ford. So you think that this is this kind of like optional, I mean, look, they're, uh, well, first of all, are they are they concerned about mock e sales in the fall i mean because it, they're they're essentially going up against this vehicle goes up against teslas right 
Yes, more or less. Um, they are so, directly com competing with Tesla. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Jim. Oh, no, no. Um, I would say uh, I'm not sure if they're concerned about sales um, because uh, pre-orders for the Mach-E have been um, pretty substantial. Mm -hmm. uh, however, it does come with a, a pretty big um, sticker price. Um, I believe it starts um, somewhere in the mid forties and uh, for the GT model can extend higher than 60. Um, so I do believe that the, the, the Ford option um, financing payment as it looks to me is, is a way to help keep monthly payments down um, for consumers while still offering um, that, the option. Right, but don't you think, I mean, like, isn't it th this optionality that's so crucial? The, the you know, that this way you don't have to make that decision on lease versus loan initially. And on a vehicle, on a vehicle type that's completely new, you maybe, you know, you, you, you sort of, that, that optionality is demanded, I would say. Absolutely, especially in the current environment we're in. Um, you know, we're seeing subscriptions, uh, OEMs put additional focus on subscription services. Consumers are still weary about, you know, making big ticket prices or big ticket purchases, excuse me, even if, um, you know, vehicle sales are up, there still is, you know, a hesitation in the market. And I think that the Ford option and the ability to make that decision at the end of your term rather than at the beginning um, is the the primary selling point. Um, so you would product. you would think that you would think that there'll be more optionality based product to market. I would think post pandemic. Yeah, you know uh, that that would follow. Um, I think in terms of whether or not. Ford didn't uh, say whether or not they were going to roll out this this financing option uh, to other models just yet. But I, I would imagine if if it is a success and there is consumer demand for the product, right? That it, we might see um, it become or it extend to other Ford products and potentially, you know, if it really is a huge success, other other auto finance captives might you know adopt a similar program if if there is in fact a market demand for it. Um, there are uh, great expectations that have been set at uh, the fintech startup upgrade. Uh, they're starting, and there's they're they're expecting to launch uh, an auto finance. Well, just give us a little bit of background on upgrade first, Joey. Sure. So so upgrade is a um, mobile fintech banking um, platform. Uh, so they, they position themselves as a lender, although they don't have a bank charter. So they do have a partner, um, I believe it's Cross River Bank, that does all their underwriting, servicing, and originations. Um, however, they do have, they, they have plans to enter into uh, the auto finance market, and they do have very lofty goals. They, they are, are shooting for a billion dollars in originations uh, in, within their first year of after launching the product. Which just to put that in perspective, it took Carvana almost almost two years of financing to, to break the billion dollar mark, I believe. Yeah, I mean, well, Upgrade is founded by Rene Laplanche. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. But he's the uh, founder of Lending Club, never one to shy away from 
uh, substantial uh, goals. I guess the question is, you know, how likely is this goal of being reached? Um, I, I I thought it was interesting. Well, like, you know, what what's kind of the key? I mean, here, you know, we've just talked about the Ford option where they're innovating on on product and so on there. Um, but I mean, what do they got at upgrade other than, you know, a, a number of users right now? And I mean, it, to me, it's also striking that they're using uh, Cross River Bank as their partner bank. Um, and Cross River is really not a major auto finance player. Um, they are on marketplace loans, uh, but not necessarily on the origination side. So, I mean, like, what do you see as the likelihood of them getting to this, uh, this goal? And I mean, how are they doing this? I think the goal is ambitious, to, to be quite honest. Um, but, you know, mobile banking, um, especially from these fintech firms, have, have really kind of gained a surge in popularity within the last three months uh, due to, you know, COVID-19. Um, and if, if consumers are flocking uh, to those mobile platforms, um, I, I can't see why they wouldn't um, get an auto loan if they're doing the rest of their banking with um, Upgrade. Right. So that's Upgrade.com is where the company is, I think, right? Um, one positive news was on the ABS front this week. Uh, floor plan ABS performance numbers came out uh, from Fitch, right? Right. And, um, and showed that the monthly payment rates have really uh, stayed at a, at, a, at, a, at a reasonable level. Um, not, uh, and so, so floor plan... Uh, credit performance has 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 stayed at, at a good at a good at a good level, um, but this is before the end of the three month deferral period um, that we've seen uh, in the market as a result of the pandemic. Uh, what are the expectations there? Um, what do you think? Uh, what do you think are some of the expectations? for when this deferral period ends? So for some dealers, the deferral period might have already ended, uh, depending on if they took it at the end of March or in April. Um, but I do think even if deferrals are still a thing, um, I know we spoke to quite a number of dealers that chose not to take the deferral packages, um, but just the monthly payment rate and the increase um, points, even if they're on to, to deferrals, uh, points to you know vehicle sales um, and uh, PPP packages supplementing these dealers' um, shortage of income and allowing them to pay on those on their floor plan. I mean, we, we, the, the, bulk, I, I, the bulk of the deferral periods will end most likely next month, I think, right? July, correct. July, right. right. July 1st yeah. is when we're going to start seeing deferral periods start to terminate, if so, they haven't already. Right. So this, like, floor plan, you know, M, uh, you know MPR rate, right, the monthly payment rate, um, I, I mean, to what degree is it kind of a misnomer as a result of this deferral? Uh, because they do not, they're not counting the deferral in, in their delinquency rates. Correct. Um, however, the report did note that not a single dealer has defaulted. Um, and and it is worth noting that only the only a handful of lenders really offered a 90 day uh, deferral period for their floor plan financing. 
Um, most of it was 30 to 60 days. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of those uh, deferral programs probably have expired by now. So I would say it's, it's probably a very good metric um, as to how floor plan financing will continue to perform going into July, especially considering, um, you know, the July 4th holiday, there's a bunch of incentive programs OEMs are pushing out yet again. And, um, you know, vehicle sales are on the rise, um, which is the main driver for um, dealers to, to make those payments on their, on their notes. Right. So next week, Joey, July 4th, first of all, what's your plans? <laughs> um, I'm going to do a whole lot of walking around <laughs> New York City and still be, uh, still social distance. Great, great. I'm not quite convinced the coronavirus is, is completely in our rear view just yet. You are a smart one, Joey. And what about on the editorial side? What do we have planned for next week? So as I mentioned, um, we have some OEMs that are um, putting out 0% APR financing. So we'll be exploring that um, as well as uh, news of another fintech banking um, platform that has plans to enter auto finance. So this could be um, a rising trend that, that we're going to um, have to pay attention to. All right. So uh, thanks, Joey. So I want to remind everyone that the Auto Finance Summit is October 20 to 22. And you can learn more about that at autofinancesummit.com. And also uh, want to encourage everyone to visit us at autofinancenews.net. Uh, we want to hear from you. So please uh, rate the roadmap on whichever platform you uh, listen to the roadmap on and, and also uh, certainly to follow us on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap. We'll see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time. Thanks everyone.